plastic is not just an object anymore. We cannot treat it as an object because it's is binded with culture, is binded with behavior of the people, it's binded with economy, it's binded with businesses. You cannot just separate them uh, based on entity. You cannot just say like, okay, let's just clean up the plastic and everything will be fine. Hello and welcome to the Humans for Cause podcast by Coaching for Cause. The Humans for Cause podcast is all about taking a deeper look into the subjects that we specialize in. From sustainability to social enterprise, we will be talking to real humans about the causes that they are passionate about. We will leave no stone unturned as we talk and chat our way to understanding the world around us so that together we can create solutions, make positive change and productive impact. This podcast has been recorded with our community in mind. So let's get going. Hello everyone um, and welcome to the first full episode of Humans for Cause podcast by Coaching for Cause. Um, my name's Molly um, and I am joined by my co-host today, Neela. Neela, how are you doing, my friend? Hi, Molly. Hi, everyone. I'm good. How about you, Molly? Yeah, I'm doing really well, thank you. Um, so I thought we could take a little minute to introduce ourselves and then we will take our deep dive into our topic today, which is all things plastic, zero waste. Um, and we're going to try and avoid talking about sustainable swaps because we're past that. We're going we're gonna to talk about things that are deeper than sustainable swaps. Hey? Completely agree. Completely agree. But maybe before we do that, we should touch on why we're not going to talk about sustainable swaps. So uh, a quick introduction to me um, for anyone who hasn't listened to our first podcast episode where we all introduced ourselves. Um, my name is Molly Birchmore. I'm from the UK. Um, and I normally work in elephant conservation, um, but COVID times have brought me back to the UK for the foreseeable future. Um, I am a environmentalist, conservationist, um, and love grappling with kind of the more nuanced uh, topics. And that's why I love having conversations with people like Neela, is because we get straight into the, uh, to the nitty gritty of things like that. So um, yeah, welcome everyone. Yeah, hi everyone. I'm Nila, and uh, I come from Indonesia originally, but currently I live in the Netherlands. I usually do lectures and workshop uh, regarding zero waste lifestyle because I've been living this lifestyle since 2016. Uh, but because of COVID, everything changed to online, and uh, that's why now I think it's going to be interesting to talk about zero waste and um, the world itself uh, together with Molly within in this podcast. Awesome. So perhaps you are, you are the speaker, you are the advocate, you are the, uh, the more experienced um, of the two of us when it comes to uh, zero waste and plastic pollution. So I'm going to probably grill you for a minute if that's okay. Um, yeah. I would love to know what brought you into, the, into this space really. What, what happened in 2016 that made you go, oh, this is my thing or this is my thing for the foreseeable future? Yes. So with me, with Zero Waste Lifestyle, it's not really about 2016 uh, per se, but in 2015, then I figured out that there is another way. Um, initially, I've been already thinking like, you know, we're going to have to do something about this. Uh, I mean, I come from Indonesia. Even before we got the award, I wouldn't say it award, you know, like we were, we were, say, we were said that we were the second biggest plastic contributor in the ocean. Uh, even before that, I already see it um, in my environment that is very difficult to actually solve the plastic pollution issue is because everything that is going on, people, they just dispose it on the street or in the river. The government uh, don't really have like really enforcement regulation. Uh, there is no really a facility to segregate your waste in a nice way. So all of this combined is just make it difficult for people to try to live sustainable. And coming from an 
island that you know it's it's pretty beautiful to be honest but since the invention of plastic it's just getting crazy we just see trash everywhere on the beach and because um i don't know if you know this theory you know like the the broken window theory that if there is a place that is already dirty people will just start dumping stuff there too instead of you know clean it up and and that's what happened in indonesia so um i came to the netherlands in 2010 and i saw that in here they separate their ways right they do recycling uh they, they they separate their plastic the glass and everything so i thought maybe this is a solution to recycle it but then i realized that worldwide only a small percentage of stuff getting recycled of recycling <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay, there is no way to do this. We cannot solve this issue. Um, so then in 2015, I found out uh, there is this, there are people who only have like a jar of trash for one year. So I thought like, how can it be possible? H how do you do it? And it's virtually easy because most of our trash is basically organic waste and you can process organic waste independently at home. We just don't realize it, you know, it's, it's just, um, we've been doing something wrong for so long and then we just don't know what is the next best thing, best thing to do. And then now we know, then we gotta have to change. It's Absolutely. dumb if we don't do any changes. Um, so yeah, because of that, then I told myself, okay, you know, I want to start living zero waste, but how can I do it uh, so I can commit to it hundred percent? So what I did is I do this new year resolution. I know it sounds really cliche, you know, because new year resolution never happened. But you got to do what you got to do. If, if you, I know. Like, yeah. Okay. That was the starting point. <laughs> so I told myself, okay, new year resolution, stop using single use plastic. Because when I check on my trash, most of my trash is basically organic and plastic. So my fridge was full with this tiny little wrapping stuff, right? Um, and I thought like, okay, organic, I can put it in a compost bin, like communal compost bin. Uh, so that's, that's no issue at all. But with the plastic, what I'm going to do, I know right now that is not being recycled, especially the flimsy bags and, yeah, you know, the, worst, uh, the, the low quality one. So, okay, I'm just going to not use it. And that's how it happened with the Zero Waste Lifestyle. Nice. Well done. Well done. And so when you made that decision, um, were you living alone? Were you living with your family? Um, and how did that conversation play out with the other people that you were living with? And, and were they on board? Was it a journey for them? Because it seems like, I know that when I made the decision, it's like, right, I'm gonna, I can't even remember when, when the moment was. I was probably, I probably built up to it over a certain amount of time and, and just kind of phased it out rather than like what you did, making a kind of a line in the sand. Um, and it's very easy to do and it's very easy to live in alignment with your own values when you're living on your own. It's when you're making compromises because you're living in a family home. Um, how did that conversation go down with you? Yeah, the thing is, fortunately, I was living by myself then, but I live with 16 other people. So we live in, uh, yeah, sort of like a flat or something, like a, like a dorm, yeah. dorm flat for okay. students because I was a student at that time. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, and I was living as a student with 16 other people who only care about parties and, you know, uh, and doing student exams. Student flats are famously <laughs> aren't, aren't the cleanest or most conscious places to live, having lived in one myself. Exactly, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
So it was it was quite quite tricky to uh, invite everybody to do it. But in the end, I realized that okay, you know, if people are not on board, I can just show it to them because a lot of time they don't they don't do this just because they they don't know what is the best thing to do, right? Like they're not sure. They were like, oh, is it the correct way to do it? Is it good for you and everything? If there is no proof, they're not gonna do it. That's so good. I said like I'm just gonna be a guinea pig of myself. So I'm just gonna give it a try for myself. Uh, I told my mom, uh, who at the whom at the time still live in Indonesia, so I have a phone call, like I have a video call with her. So I told her, like, mom, I'm gonna leave zero waste. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna use single use item. <gasps> and my mom was reaction. like, I know she was she, because she's Indonesian, right? Everything yeah, is wrapped yeah. in plastic there. <laughs> she told me she was like, okay, you know, uh, I mean, I know that you are active person, but this is too crazy. She's just like, this is too crazy. <laughs> You're not gonna do it because you're gonna die of starvation. I'm so far away from you. I cannot help you with anything. And I, I was just there. I'm like, I think I'll be fine, you know? Yeah. And nobody believed me. Um, it was really difficult. 2016, um, not really a lot of people talk about plastic pollution and mm. waste as much as what it is right now, right? Yeah. So when I told them like, yeah, but I think it's important for the environment, for us and everything. People just look at me like, uh, she's in the face. You remember when you were in teenager? Like yeah. when you were in teenager, you were you listened to I don't know. I, Lovely I how dismissive like, people are of us, isn't it? <laughs> so oh, it's just a phase. You, <laughs> yeah. you, won't, you won't stick that through. It's like okay, just you watch. It kind of gives you more yeah, yeah. more encouragement in a way, in a kind of twisted that way. That is true, isn't it for you? Like, but oh, yeah. but 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 how is it for you then? Like when you decided to change your lifestyle, or you know, to, maybe to go vegan, or, or to live zero waste, or so. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting one. So, um, like you say, when you made your decision, you were living on your own. And when I made my decision, I was living on my own as well. So it was quite easy and, and you could kind of make mistakes and you were, it was a kind of internal dialogue. So you didn't have to, you didn't have to negotiate with anyone else. Um, and then suddenly being back in the UK because of coronavirus um, and living in, live with my parents again, which I'm incredibly grateful for, it's kind of um, thrown up another I don't know. It's just really interesting. And so I'm rather than living in Asia and going to a market and, um, you know, or smaller markets and cooking just for myself, suddenly I'm then responsible for doing the food shop for the whole family um, and being vegan. And then my brother is vegetarian and then my parents do still eat meat sometimes. Suddenly you're buying this whole different range of products, um, some of which just aren't available in plastic free containers. And then also, interestingly, during coronavirus, at the big, particularly at the beginning, um, suddenly everything that was wrapped in plastic again, um, because supermarkets didn't want to, to run any risk um, of kind of contamination of food. So it was, it was a really interesting one to kind of go, OK, I have a responsibility to when I'm doing the food shopping to make sure my family are happy um, and getting the products they want because that's their decision but at the same time suddenly going and buying lots of single-use plastic for the first time in a really long time um mm -hmm. but that being said my, my family are fantastic and they are doing all that they can to reduce it and, and it not even not even in a kind of a way that's fussy it's just that's what we do now um there was kind of no real discussion about it it was just just kind of just when it's available, that's what we do. And so we've reduced it to a, to a minimum. We're very fortunate in that where we live, um, we do have recycling. And I say that in air quotes, we do have a recycling service. Um, but then we reuse everything as well. So we'll buy everything in, in tins. So tins and glass is as much as possible. 
Um, and then now me and my mum go to a fruit, fruit and veg market once a week. Um, it's about a 15, 20 minute drive away, but so is the supermarket. And so we've just changed our shopping habits. And again, acknowledging that that comes with a certain level of privilege because we have the time to go and do that. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just about adjusting those habits, isn't it? And I think that, like you said earlier, we're all stuck in our habits so much so that we don't even realize why we're in these habits. Um, and when we take a minute or two to kind of have a discussion with ourselves or with our family or with our community as to, oh, well, why is it like this? Because it wasn't always like this. What are we going to allow it to carry on like this? Um, you can kind of go, oh, you can kind of stop yourself in your tracks and go, okay, if we carry on where we're headed, we're going to end up where we're going. Why don't we, why don't we change our path here? Um, yeah. So yeah, that's probably how, how it's going for us really. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that sounds good that you can actually invite your family pretty quick in the process, you know, like to uh, involve them also in the shopping, yeah. uh, to involve them in choices that they make. Instead of going to the supermarket, you go to the farmer's market. So it's, it's a small little change, but the impact is really big in that kind of sense, right? And yeah. I, don't, I don't know about you, but I feel like with me living zero waste, the fun part is when you go shopping. Yeah, I love so it. So when, when you go shopping, it's so much fun because you meet with other people, you have interaction, you have contact with them. Um, in comparison, when you go shopping in supermarket, sometimes you don't even know the name of the cashier. And, yeah. and that's, that's what happened, right? Like when you go to the market, you're actually buying from somebody. You're actually buying from somebody who can put the money for uh, their daughter, curse, uh, you, know, like, you know, like school or um, I don't know, football tournament, whatever. And it becomes close. It makes you feel close to them also. And it helps you with your communication skills. So I think with living zero waste, it's not just about waste that we talk about, but it's also about personal development. Yeah. Um, I'm like furiously nodding along here. <laughs> I <forgot laughs> recording a podcast, like nobody can hear me nodding along. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. Um, another thing I was just going to add was that when, for my family or my my household, one of the real big changes has really been around cosmetics and and uh and kind of bathroom and toiletries and all of those sorts of things because that's kind of a an overlooked in some ways um we talk about single-use plastic in terms of um kind of you know bags and and uh packaging for fruit and veg but you know in the bathroom that's a real big uh what's the word i'm looking for it's a real big culprit um for those plastic uh plastic consumption and so we have a really good website in the uk now and um, that's just kind of gone from strength to strength called plastic freedom and now my whole family or pretty much my whole family we do um, our cosmetic shop in there and it's cheaper it lasts longer it's zero waste it's supporting a small new business in the uk um and and then it's all you know it's then all palm oil free it's all vegan yeah. it's all yeah. all of these other things that come in with it so like you were just saying going zero waste or, or low waste however you want to do it um, is an opportunity to, it's kind of a gateway isn't it mm -hmm. and you have a bit of a theory about this don't you you're kind of yes. in terms of how plastic plastic pollution specifically i do believe kind of unites everyone together i'd love for you to explain your your theory yeah. around 
Yeah, stuff. of course, of course. So the thing is that, you know, I, I, I think I want to add also on that bathroom stuff because we didn't talk about this enough. Like not a lot of people talk about this enough. That The product that's inside your body, sh- uh, you know, body scrub or um, like and any product that you buy there, a lot of them also contain microplastic. So it's not only about the packaging, but it's also about the substance that is inside it. And this is actually the one that is very difficult to, um, I don't know, to, to, to take out of the water system. Because let's say you brush your teeth and there is a microplastic in your toothpaste. And then you rinse it with water and then you just go to your sewer system. And it's just stuck there and then they end up in the ocean and you cannot really catch it or do anything about it. So with what you do, you know, changing to more sustainable product, changing to more local product that doesn't contact all of this crazy, um, difficult name microplastic because there are so many different types of it. That's also one of the way for you to prevent uh, the flow of microplastic to the ocean. And with my, with my experience um, and then with my research, I was doing also research about uh, plastic waste management. I realized that um, during this era, at the moment, plastic is not just an object anymore. We cannot treat it as an object because it's, it's binded with culture, it's binded with behavior of the people, it's binded with economy, it's binded with businesses, you cannot just separate them uh, based on entity. You cannot just say like, okay, let's just clean up the plastic and everything will be fine. Because um, the thing is, at the same time, you also have to take a look on the social issues that comes with the waste itself. So when we take a look on the plastic, I realized that um, there is a uniting power of it. So I call it the, uni- the uniting power of plastic. Why? Because the moment you clean up the plastic in the environment, you're not just cleaning up the object, but you also first, of course, you clean the environment, you restore the ecosystem in the area. Second, when it comes to like beach area or the area that uh, nearby the ocean, you also restore um, the fishes. Uh, that usually go away because their home just full of trash. So now they go back again. So if, if, if a fisherman there live, uh, you know, like want to go fishing, they don't have to go far all the way in the middle of the ocean to go fishing. They can just fish close by the shore and they don't have to spend money on the fuel. They don't have to spend money on their lunchbox. Um, so they can save money also. And then the price of fish can also become accessible for people who actually only eat it usually once a week or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, another thing. And then when you clean the environment, it's pleasant to the eyes. It makes you happy. Nature always makes you happy. But dirty nature gives you stress. So <laughs> this is also good for your mental health. And you can bring tourists also. You, uh, you attract tourists uh, in the area, which actually good for the economy. And there's so many good things. And then um, what I said about the theory of the broken window is that when the environment is clean, people will not make it dirty because they want to keep it like that also add to the legislation and law that for example in this area you're not allowed to dispose anything because it's already being cleaned people will not do that so you support also policy and regulation and it's the policy will not just be there just because but actually being implemented and at the same time you involve the community to taking care of the area together so when i see it like this it's just like it's one entity is one object but it is not just an object 
right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it, and it seeped into so many different, it seeped into all areas of our culture. And it's interesting how I just made this link in my head that somehow plastic, it's a very tenuous link, I appreciate, but somehow plastic is kind of pulling us apart. So if we think about, you know, the supermarket example, right? So we're going to the supermarket for convenience and convenience normally equals plastic. Um, and then that convenience is, is as a community tearing us further and further apart. Yes, you might know your local cashier. Yes, you might see people that you recognize in the supermarket, but it's not the same as a farmer's market where, you know, so, you know, old farmer Joe brings this and um, farmer Dora brings that and you come together and, and you're having perhaps even a bartering or an exchange. But yeah, if you take that convenience away um, or even just the speed away and then you're automatically kind of bringing community back together. And so that's kind of another layer to your uniting power of plastic is that we're all united in the situation that we're in, in that it's in one way tearing us apart, but in another way bringing us together. Um, and isn't it interesting how it is, it is? And I appreciate that plastic pollution is is different in different areas and there is a level of kind of environmental racism mm -hmm. involved in it but but as a very sweeping generalization it is the one thing we all have in common um, is that is that plastic has seeped into our lives whether we liked it or not um, and now we all have to be aware of yes, it yes and obviously there are situations where plastic is necessary plastic mm -hmm. has saved lives plastic is um improving the level of well-being for for many many people it's not and it's interesting isn't it because it's not about banning plastic it's not it, about being anti-plastic yeah. it's just about being more conscious of our consumption and and where it goes i realized now that at the beginning of this podcast we um we said that we weren't going to talk about sustainable swaps and we've done well uh, to not talk about them so far <laughs> actually but actually yeah if, if we're talking about this in a in a kind of in an introductory way for people why don't we touch on why why you and i have this kind of angst against sustainable swaps it's really not a real angst is it but it is kind of yeah yeah i'm sure you'd be able to explain I mean, it it's, better it's, than me i mean i i think i think i think we just talk about it too much you know like we just talk about sustainable swap too much and i hate it I'm sorry, I just have to say that I hate it that people, um, you know, uh, pe people put a connection with zero waste with you throwing away all of the plastic that you have and then change it to sustainable item yeah. and make it to be like expensive. And there is some, I, I don't know, I, I don't want to mention name, but that you have, you have this, uh, you know, influencer in social media that they say like, yeah, you know, if you save, uh, if you invest in like hundred and $20 or I don't know a certain amount of money you can live zero ways that's not how it works it shouldn't be expensive it should be something that is accessible for everybody I mean of course I recognize that um, people with like low income um, you know they, they for sure focusing on having food on the table first then living more sustainable but it doesn't mean that they cannot be combined so that's why um, I, I also don't like it when we're talking about this swap, we actually limited um, the exposure and limited the amount of the, the type of people who can actually do this lifestyle because that it seems like, oh yeah, you can only do zero waste if you have the money to invest on swapping material. Well, that's not the case. Zero waste lifestyle is actually accessible for everyone in any kind of situation that you have in any part of the world. You just have to find the best solution and the best, uh, you know, like alternative. I'm not saying swap, right? The one that you have yeah. at home that works for you. So 
yeah that's that's why i i think the the conversation about swap is already too much and it's deviating for the idea of how zero waste are supposed to be and yeah i think i think we need to talk about what is the core value of it and how we can actually implement it with everybody what do you think molly yeah no i i entirely agree i entirely agree that that kind of focusing on sustainable swaps when we're having a conversation about zero waste or low waste and and it's kind of like you say it's kind of attracting a very it's attracting people from a trend perspective not necessarily dealing with the the nuance of the issue or the depth of the issue um so yes well done on not using your plastic straw and i'm saying this about companies and um and individuals as well but if you're still eating fish, you haven't saved any, you haven't saved any ocean plastic. <laughs> um, when you're thinking about the amount of ghost fishing nets, you know, if, you, if you're buying, not buying fish from um, a fisherman on the beach, then perhaps you're buying fish um, that's been very, very intensively harvested um, and is doing more harm than good and ghost fishing nets are being dumped at the bottom of the ocean, which is releasing, mm. um, you know, tons and tons and tons of microplastics into the ocean. And then you've got yeah. bycatch catch as well. And so I think as long as we're focusing on the kind of very, superficial very surface level issues of sustainable swaps um, and only talking about that we're really doing people a disservice when it comes to educating and, and kind of broadening the conversation and again it's being exclusionary in another way so i don't understand how mm. sustainable swaps as a conversation is bringing much value to anyone i understand like if if it's entirely new, then kind of focusing on sustainable swaps is a great entry level. It's like, oh, I can change my plastic toothbrush to a, to a um, bamboo toothbrush. Great. Or I can change my you know, shampoo bottle to a shampoo bar. Fantastic. We need to talk about it, but we only need to talk about it. Like, there's only so much you can talk about it. There's not more coming from there. Once you've had that discussion for a month, two months, yeah. six weeks, whatever, um, it's time to go, okay, but, but why? And then just keep asking, but why, but why, but why, and then carry on. Yeah. And then once you've kind of, yeah, I don't know. And it's not, and, and it's not to say that everyone needs to become, um, you know, a, a plastic pollution speaker and advocate. Um, but it is to say that, that we can all go a bit deeper than, than we are absolutely. at the moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think, I think it come back also that zero waste doesn't have to be zero. It can be low waste also. You, like it's, it's a very fluid term and you can actually retain it, whatever you want. Like what is your, you just have to keep your boundaries on the one that you feel comfortable with. As what you said, you know, um, in the ocean, actually um, the trash that end up in the ocean is, mostly fishing um ghost fishing so so the fishing so ghost fishing is does maybe the, our, our audience in here a bit confused what is ghost fishing um molly maybe you can help them okay, explaining so, this um so this isn't my area of expertise at all so i'm sure there'd be somebody listening going no molly why are you explaining it like that um but by and large when we're talking about ghost fishing nets we're talking about huge great big trawlers that have you know nets that are that are just huge and they'll throw the nets off the back and they will just be kind of it will dra drag along the bottom of the ocean floor and it will pick up everything in its wake um so it might be that they are um fishing for tuna or cod or um any kind of white fish that can be used um for kind of fish fingers or, or anything like that and so the trawlers will throw out these huge great big nets and then they will scrape along the the ocean floor picking up everything in their wake but that also means that uh, dolphins turtles uh, sometimes small whale sharks um, 
all sorts of other bycatch get caught in there um, and then they are either they die because they've been hauled up out of the ocean and they can't breathe they'll then get thrown back into the ocean dead or they'll then try and be sold on um, but then what happens is these huge great big trawlers there's no great value in bringing those um, nets back in um, it then makes the ship too heavy to then take back into dock, so they'll just leave those fishing nets there. Um, and there's some amazing footage on on YouTube in different um, plastic uh, pollution documentaries about where teams have had to go out to um, untangle whales or huge, great big sharks um, from these massive nets um, because they can't see. You know, they just go straight into these nets and get entangled, and there's no way of them for for untying themselves. Um, so yeah, that that's what ghost fishing nets are, and so. That's that's why yeah. when people like you and I are kind of having these discussions and um, talking about sustainable swaps and it's like, yeah, you've stopped using plastic straws because of that one video of a turtle with a, to with a straw up its nose, which is really harrowing and confronting to see. And, if, and again, if that makes somebody wake up and go, oh, we need to tackle our plastic pollution, then great. Um, but with all due respect, please don't think that you've, that you've solved the problem by using a paper yeah. straw with your fish and chips and that's absolutely true absolutely true it's it's um it's a difficult issue because you know uh what what you said that this net is basically becoming a ghost literally when you see it when you go snorkeling or diving it's so scary because it just look like you know the spooky ghost the cartoon spooky ghost with like the white uh like blanket sheet and say instead of white it's just a net just swimming in the ocean and that's really scary also when you think about it i mean i saw it firsthand um and i tried to pick it up uh one time but the fisherman said like yeah it's uh for example so i come from a fishing air you know village also and uh when they go fishing they go fishing with like this like small little ship for six to ten people so 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 it's not ships it's not even a ship it's like a tiny canoe ship with like a little a bit of motor yeah um, like I a boat yeah mean. yeah so yeah so so when they go fishing they go fishing with that and a lot of time they actually bring back the net because the mm. net is expensive so yeah. they have to repair them uh, so this kind of fishermen they actually have issues with big ship with all of this giant net because every time when they come to the place where the fish are when they come too late they got nothing and they cannot mm -hmm. fish you, you know they, they cannot feed their kids they cannot feed uh, their neighbor also and they have to buy it from this guy so uh, like this big giant ship containers and yeah. now transaction in the ocean is is all about like it's, it's all about going there and you know buying fish instead of fishing it yourself <laughs> yeah it's it's, 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 it's tough it's, isn't it yeah, it's, it's very difficult in that yeah. kind of sense. So it's also about privilege uh, of these people who have those big ships and, you know, fishing all of this huge, um, um, like enormous amount of fish just because we said in supermarket that we want to have more fish instead of going to this uh, fisherman that probably needed more than the big corporation. Yeah, and absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think we deviate a little bit to the topic, yeah. but I think, 
yeah yeah but like no i agree like just to confirm when we were talking just then we're talking about huge great big trawlers we're not talking about um small business small, fishermen yeah, small who are, who are large, by and large fishing responsibly in areas that they have done for gener- generations and generations and whose livelihood is being threatened um by these big trawlers who um who come with not only are they often fishing illegally they're dropping um ghost nets but also there are huge uh, reports of human rights violations on these ships as well so um we'll leave that there and perhaps that's a topic for another um for another time and we'll get ourselves back on yes back yes. on track on the plastic on, on the waves <laughs> yes on the yes. zero waves yes absolutely and so and, i'm gonna and, throw and i think go ahead mm-hmm. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was going to throw a really big uh, question out at you. And it was, okay. do, you think, do you think that in our lifetime, uh, we're both in our 20s, we will see a global regenerative circular economy come about? Do you think we can do that in our lifetime? Given that at the moment we're... Yes. Talk, we're yes, wow, I can see your face. You're like, oh, is that the face of joy when you imagine a whole new world, Neela? <laughs> I think so. I think so. I think, look, I'm optimistic, right? Um, to be honest, when I started living zero waste in 2016, I never, never expect that by 2020, this is going to be a big topic that everybody talk about. Mm. So um, I, I think we are, we are in the generation of climate conscious generation. So people, uh, at least in our generation, so uh, millennial, Gen Z, they really care about what's going on in the environment because um, I heard this a lot from people that is in, uh, you know, above my generation. They said like, oh yeah, we need to take care of the planets for the future generation. And I'm like, no, the <laughs> catastrophe is already, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, the catastrophe is already happening now. We need to do something now. We cannot wait yeah. until the future generation, whatever. What if there is no future generation because we just exactly. waited, you know? So uh, I think I think in our lifetime, um, maybe it's gonna take around thirty years or something to do so. But it will come. It will come to a point that yes, uh, everything will be circular. Um, uh, and I, what we need is not only people who try to live zero waste or low waste or changing their behavior, changing their lifestyle to be more conscious and more eco-friendly and local, mm-hmm. uh, but also the government regulation that showed that you know they have to take um, polluter accountable. So the issues about plastic is not just about object, also because it come usually it made of petrochemical waste. So if we still subsidize oil, there is no way to face out single-use item. There is no way to face out plastic because it's being subsidized at the moment. Mm-hmm. Make it you know may make it difficult for people to get uh non-renewable energy so folk make them e- make give them access easily to get renewable energy i'm 100% sure you and i and all of the listeners for today they want their world to be good they want their children to be happy you know they want to breathe fresh air imagine right now with covid we go around with masks and some people already said like i cannot breathe with masks I mean, it's just COVID, right? It's not like the whole um, pollution area that you have to wear like this, um, you know, the, 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 the mask yeah. that with oxygen tank or whatever. Imagine you have to do that in a couple of years if we didn't do mm-hmm. anything. So it's important to do it right now. And people like 
us in Coaching for Cause, um, the member of Coaching for Cause, uh, people who are listening today, I think they want to do something. But sometimes uh, we feel a little bit, we, we, we make ourselves little. Mm. So we make ourselves look like we, are, um, we don't matter. Mm. And that's, that's, that's what is wrong. Because we have the power. We, to be honest, I never, never in my wildest imagination when you asked me 10 years ago that I will talk about plastic pollution and sustainability with a lot of people that I will do the TEDx about it, you know? Okay, like, so this never. is so funny. This is what I was about to, to interject and ask is that you were talking then about how, so we've gone, okay, from individual action, which is sustainable swaps and, and choosing and, you know, becoming a more conscious consumer. But you were talking then quite rightly about how um, we need to engage in policy and we need to engage in talking to our governments. But by and large, our governments are structured in a way that give us, give us kind of, I don't know the crumbs and be like yeah you can be involved but but kind of very much keep the average person at, at arm's length as someone like you who has spoken in front of ministers and policy makers and has done their own ted talk um and has has more experience than most in in speaking truth to power what would be your advice to somebody who's at home who's taken those first individual steps but goes but understands how we need policy change and government change but doesn't know how to get started in that because governments at the moment are structured in a way that keep keep people at arm's length what would your advice I, be to I, getting started yeah thank you molly but i think what is important for us is that we need to realize that we are a president we are a president of our own home like seriously if you live alone by yourself you are a president because you're the one that make decision on you know uh, w what kind of energy company that i will pay my electricity to or um, yeah what kind of phone provider that I will use or what kind of internet provider that I will use um, what kind of food that I will buy today from where we are the one that make that decision and we just have to make it a little bit bigger maybe start from your neighborhood like you know around the area of uh, your community where you live with and then make it bigger again invite and like invite those people who has the same idea and like-minded with you and then just get a little bit bigger and internet is an amazing thing right now because we all connected globally. Um, find these people who are actually having the same mindset as you. It doesn't have to be zero waste. It can be about forest conservation. It can be about ocean conservation. You can also talk about palm oil. You can also talk about elephant conservation. If you find like people with the like-minded idea as you, and these people, sometimes they're just people. Send a yeah. message and talk to them yeah. um i uh yeah I, I got scared you know when 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 i got this invitation to talk as a, as, as a part of a um, community like a citizen movement so as a part of the grassroots movements because i was like oh my god i'm talking to the minister in the netherlands like i'm i'm nobody you know like all of this thing yeah. so um but then i realized like, no i'm bringing the voice of people so I, I realized that it's very important to do so because I'm bringing the voice of people and they also people, they're also human. And as long as we have a heart to heart conversation about this, I think people will understand. So start small, but then make it grow, find your own community, find your support system mm. because you cannot do it alone. Please don't do it alone because it's, it's also not healthy for you to do everything alone. Yeah. You have to involve other people. And if you already feel empowered yourself, make other people feel empowered. 
um, you know, it's I, there is a poetry that I really like. It's called uh, they. It, there is one sentence that said like, "Drop of water makes an an, uh, an ocean." So, if we were just small little drop of water of movement, and mm -hmm. then if we all get you know join hand together, we and we can actually create changes in the policy, in how business work. Um, small little thing, like for example, I go to market and then. In the beginning, I bring my own pillowcase because I'm a student yes. and I cannot invest in ex ex you know expensive, sustainable product. Yeah. I ain't got money for that. So I just use what I have at home. I have extra pillowcase that I never use. Okay, I'm just going to use that. It's clean. It gets people yeah. talking and then you can talk about these things and then you have the conversation and the seed is sown for somebody else. And it sounds really... I don't know, when we're talking like this about talking about drops in the ocean and coming together and we're all the same and we're all talking heart to heart, it sounds a bit cliche, but then sometimes you have to remind yourself that it's cliche because it's true. Um, and it is all about communicating and, and building yeah. a community and doing all of those simple little things. Um, and, and I think that that's, that's what gives us hope and we have to have a bit of hope. And I'm saying that as someone who's quite fatalistic is that we have to have a bit of hope. We've got to try. If we're not going to try, then then what's the point of all of this yeah, life? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And 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 all of us, all of us matter. All of us matter. All of us are influencer. And do not again, you know, do not make yourself little. Do not talk, do not talk down yourself saying that you don't matter. That's not how it works. Every single purchase decision that you make, it's being monitored by company. They yeah. will say, like, oh, Molly today doesn't buy meat anymore and yesterday too what's going on in here you know quick like, change the, like the, the sales <laughs> i know and then they'll be like okay uh but she keep buying soy she keep buying tofu maybe we need yeah. to find an alternative for her for her so our business can go further they will change mm -hmm. and and the reason why they change is because of you not because of anybody else right yeah, absolutely so that's that's something that is very important i think we sometimes forget that and um, I think with the zero waste lifestyle, the reason why it's so local, mm. why it's so accessible for everybody is because the changes come from yourself. The changes come yeah. from within and then it's just spread. It's just, you know, people start noticing, people start having conversation and from there you can involve in policy. And I'm sure some of you probably work in policy, the one that is listening in here, right? <laughs> you can bring your opinion there too. Or some of you probably work in a company or even oil company. You can bring their opinion too. Yeah. And that small little thing that you do will make changes. Mm. And what do you think, Molly? Like, do, do you think, for example, with your work, um, your experience with your work in the conservation, right? You, you work a lot with the, with the elephant. And uh, do you also notice similar things that happen in this kind of framework that when small, like when every, every individual action actually create bigger changes? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I see that. And, and I think it comes down to talking and it comes down to listening and it comes down to, to being humble enough to say, do you know what? I don't know everything, but I'm going to, I know enough to start. And knowing enough to start is, is just that inkling that you have that something's not right or, or trusting your intuition. That is enough of a starting point. And I think that, I think that as long as you're having discussions and doing things in the real world, as much as we're doing things online, this answer is going to be one of my answers where I go all over the place. So let's just see, I feel a ramble coming on. Um, but I think that, I think that, yeah, we just have to talk and we have to listen and we have to have these conversations about everything in the real world. Because I think that when we get online, 
and you know i'm a big advocate for for kind of online education and social media and, and building a community there but unless we're doing it out in the real world as well it just right. becomes this kind of very loud echo chamber where everyone's shouting about things and everyone's calling people out on things and everyone's learning a new opinion every day but it's all in this little echo chamber and then you go out into the real world and it feels it feels a bit disassociated um, and so I think that my advice to anyone would be to be having these conversations in real time in the real world you know whether it's somebody at your local pub or whether it's somebody at your workplace who who you might think has probably got an entirely different almost polar opposite opinion to you and go do you know what what are the similarities here okay so for example i am working on a farm at the moment and it's a livestock farm but i'm a vegan so how do we navigate that well we navigate it on the grounds that okay i don't want these animals to be killed but if we don't have those animals being killed for meat then they don't have a purpose and these rare breeds don't don't survive so that's that's what we're all doing we're all, you know or for example a more universal yeah. example of you know well vegans hate farmers vegans don't hate farmers it's ridiculous vegans and farmers should be forming alliances all the time because either way you know most farmers are, are advocates for high animal welfare as are vegans so why aren't we all why aren't we putting our differences aside and focusing on on the on the things we have in common and then we'll suddenly see that actually even our differences are somehow aligned um and so bringing that back from a from a plastic perspective um whether you're talking you know whether somebody i mean from a from a plastic example we're talking about something like we said earlier that's now deeply ingrained in culture and so we're changing habits and again those changing habits and changing culture um whether that's the culture in your own country or you're having a conversation with somebody from another culture those changes can only be made by talking and by listening and by understanding and by questioning and finding the middle ground um, and so i think that that the answer to all of this is is talking um and listening and humbling and being humble enough to change your opinion um because i think lots and I'm, myself included we're very stubborn people and in a world that is becoming more polarized by media or more polarized by politics or more polarized because we're all in survival mode being humble enough to listen being humble enough to go i haven't thought about it like that and normalizing it i mean this is something that gets you know that i think there's a there's a poster that was made by a graphic artist um on instagram that gets shared around a lot but um about how it's how it's okay to normalize your changing your opinion when you learn something new um but in terms of you know it's okay it's okay to change your mind and it's okay to go do you know what? i didn't know that and i didn't know that because the world is structured in a way so that i had to really look to find that information um yeah to finish this first session, I think um, what is important right now is that zero waste is not only about swap, uh, but also about, uh, you know, like various different things that's happening when we talk about waste, there is the uniting power of it that is also involved not only as an object, but also as a social construct in our in society. And lastly, we have two ears and one mouth for a reason so let's listen more than rambling and talking of something before we listen to other people
Yes, 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 yes. I love that. Um, thank you so much for this conversation, Neela. We're going to go and carry this on over on the um, Humans for Cause Patreon, um, where we're going to be carrying on this discussion for another 10, 15 minutes um, to record some exclusive content for them. So if you're interested in becoming a Patreon for Humans for Cause, um, you'll find the link in the show notes. Um, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Thank you so much, Neela. You know how much I love talking with you. Um, and yeah, we'd love to um, hear all of your feedback um, and you'll be able to find all of the ways of contacting us in the show notes. Thank you very much, Neela. Um, we'll see you all soon. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Molly. Thank you so much for listening. You are now in a position to change someone's life for the better. If someone popped into your head as you were listening to this episode, send them the link now. Isn't that a guaranteed way to make someone's day? We think so. Now, we hope that you learned something today. And if you did, let us know. Tag us on Instagram using at Coaching for Cause. And if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so via our Patreon page. And the link for that is in our show notes. Coaching for Cause is an online coaching platform that brings people, coaches and NGOs together to help themselves and to help the world. To find out more and to get involved, head to www.coachingforcause.com and join our community. We'd love to have you. Oh, and one final thing. We regularly release new podcasts, so please subscribe before this episode ends, which will be in five, four, three, two, one. See you later.